Hey everybody, welcome to Stuff Said, the show where I, Greg Schiegel, working cartoonist, talk about comics and cartooning, sometimes with a guest, and sometimes on my own. This, as I've done in in past years to celebrate the anniversary of the show launching in 2011, is one of those on my own times, a Stuff Said solo, as it were. Uh, It's been a while since I've done one of these. Last time I did a solo show was to announce the show coming out of hiatus and explain the new format for the show, which was that episodes would come out when I had the time and they were ready. Turns out that has been uh, infrequent, because it is currently July, and the last episode I put out with Chris Eliopoulos came out in January. So, what have I been doing for the past six months? Uh, I finished my second Pix graphic novel. That's what I've been doing. Pix, Volume 2, 2 Super for School, uh, Consumed much of my life for probably the past year, if I'm being honest slash conservative. Uh, at some point, I think it'll be worth doing a whole episode about working on picks, particularly getting picked up by Image Comics and how working with Image Comics works. February and March of 2017 were spent mostly in a hermit-like state. Uh, in fact, for pretty much all of February through March 20th, when my final files were due, I did not leave my home for more than three hours in any given day. Uh, it was it was a bit much. Uh, there was a lot of work to be done, and Pix Book 2 was scheduled to come out on May 3rd, the Wednesday before Free Comic Book Day, and I was scheduled to be in Greensboro, North Carolina for Free Comic Book Day, and if for whatever reason I missed that deadline, that March 20th deadline, and the book missed that shipping week, it, it would have been bad, or embarrassing, or a combination of both, and some other stuff that I can't think of right now. But I made that deadline and the book came out. And hopefully, if you are a listener to this show and you're listening to this right now, you bought it when it came out or since it came out. And if you haven't, I ask you to consider buying it. Uh, you can read the first chapter, 28 pages, absolutely free at pixcomic.com, P-I-X-C-O-M-I-C.com. And you can get the book from anywhere. Local comic shops, have them order it for you. Independent booksellers, you can find those through IndieBound.org. Or you can go to any of the various uh, large online retailers. You know the ones. They've they've got the book, too. You can search my name. You can, again, just go through PixComic.com, and there's links to everything there. And if you never bought Volume 1, Image did a new edition of that one as well, with bonus pages in the back and... That one matches the design of the second one, so now there's a consistent design across the two volumes. I think they look pretty good. Maybe I'm biased. But anyway, that's why I've been less productive on the podcast front, unless you listen to my other show, Cruising Together, which has had a few new episodes on account of Tom Cruise making new movies, and that being the the incenting, the incentivizing, the inciting action. Anyway, so, yes... My book came out in May, and since then, there's been free comic book day, in-store appearances, conventions, school visits, and in the midst of all of that, I I have to find and do actual paying work because, and again, I can get into this more another time, when one does a book with Image Comics, there's a great benefit. 
aside from creator ownership, uh, there's a benefit in that they pay for printing and shipping of the book. That is a huge expense for self-publishing, and Image covers it, and that's terrific. Uh, but until they make their money, until Image makes their money back for that printing and shipping, uh, creators don't get paid, uh, which is to say we don't get page rates or advances. And what that means is for the months I worked on picks, and it was many, I was paid nothing. Now, when I was self-publishing, same deal. I was getting paid nothing. So I kind of just traded in not having to spend money out of pocket to print the book, which is and, and then the image logo, which doesn't hurt. Uh, but to that end, if you do a book at image, you don't get paid until sales of that book deem it such that you get paid. Of course, I keep saying that I'm going to talk about all this stuff in depth another time, and I keep talking about it in depth. So I'm going to switch gears, take care of a little business up top, and get to uh, the point of this show. If you don't already know, my website is hatterentertainment.com, H-A-T-T-E-R entertainment.com. From that website, you can get to everything, for example, this show, which lives at stuffsaidshow.com, that you can also subscribe to on Apple Podcasts. Uh, when you're there, consider leaving a review or clicking five stars if you get a second. All of my websites have contact fields for emailing me. I'm also on Twitter at Greg Schiegel, G-R-E-G-G-S-C-H-I-G-I-E-L. Uh, I mentioned the books, Picks Volume 1, One Weirdest Weekend, Picks Volume 2, Two Super for School, both available now, and you can learn more about those at the aforementioned PicksComic.com. Uh, also on all those sites, you can sign up for my monthly email newsletter, on the first day of each month, I send out an email where I talk about the things that have happened or what's coming up, conventions I'll be at, if I'm in the next issue of SpongeBob Comics, my opinions about the revised uh, Gong Show was in the, the, the latest one. So get on that. It's kind of like this show, but written out in words and not entirely like this show at all. <laughs> uh, next month, I'll be announcing the Two Super for School Summer Scavenger Hunt. So if you subscribe to the newsletter you'll get a head start on that before it gets a, a wider announcement. Okay, so now, what is this show about? Because it is not, believe it or not, about me rambling about myself. No, this episode features a story I've wanted to tell for a while. I've long avoided too much of the, the comic book Babylon type material. If, uh, if you've ever heard the expression Hollywood Babylon about sort of salacious, gossipy stuff, I've tried to steer clear of that on Stuff Said, make it more about the job and the craft and the philosophy and that sort of thing. Uh, but this story, the story I'm, I'm telling in this episode, this story is, it's one that when I heard it, it kind of knocked me out, and it's a story I've not been able to not think of since uh, knowing it. Uh, but because the story is that kind of comic book Babylon story, I've taken some measures in its telling, which... I guess the title of the episode ex will explain it all. Uh, I'll say some stuff afterwards to sort of close it out. But um, without any more preamble, I hope you enjoy this story, which I have entitled The Names Have Been Changed. The following is all true. The names have all been changed. This story begins with a comic book writer named Roberto Mendoza. 
Roberto was born in the Philippines to a father in international business. So from a young age, he was exposed to popular culture from the U.S., including American superhero comics, which he has said was how he learned English. He always dreamed of making comics professionally, and in the early to mid-2000s, he started writing for Capital Comics. To the American readers, he'd come out of nowhere, but clearly was staking a claim, very quickly building his bibliography with Capital Comics via a number of miniseries featuring some of Capital's most high-profile characters. Capital Comics had pretty recently gone through some big changes. A few years earlier, the company installed a new publisher, Glenn Allen Walken. And as publisher, Walken named Jed Bartlett as the new editor-in-chief. Walken and Bartlett enacted a number of new initiatives in play at Capital, both in the content of their books and their internal bureaucracy. Among the internal changes was a new rule dictating that anyone on staff at Capital could not do freelance work for Capital Comics, which is to say no editors could write comics or no one in production could draw or color comics, at least not for additional pay. This was allegedly meant to encourage the discovery of new talent, and to that end, someone on staff was charged with that task. C.J. Craig, a former freelance writer turned in-house editor, had risen through the ranks at Capital Comics very quickly. C.J. was given the job of new talent scout or talent coordinator. Prior to arriving at Capital, C.J. had spent some time working in international comics. And it was through that experience, C.J. brought to Capital Comics a new writer from the Philippines, Roberto Mendoza. As you already know, Mendoza quickly built up his resume writing for Capital Comics. Roberto Mendoza was a hot commodity, a rising star in the business. And after about two years writing comics, working on high-profile characters with highly respected artists, Roberto Mendoza disappeared. Folks at Capital Comics didn't much like Glenn Allen Walken as publisher. A lot of the changes he implemented weren't popular amongst the staff. This dissatisfaction was so intense and pervasive that a group of six editors actually started having meetings outside of work to discuss their options. They called themselves Six Gun, and in their after-work meetings they developed a plan to leave Capital Comics en masse, taking writers and artists with them to package comics for other publishers. This plan went far enough such that they'd apparently reached out to Capital's main rival, District Comics, with a proposal including a list of creators they would have in tow. This was some big doings, some real machinations. CJ was a part of Six Gun. So was editor Toby Ziegler. But for all their planning, it never came to pass. Both CJ and Toby opted to stay at Capital Comics. But by backing down and with Walken's policy of staff employees not being allowed to work freelance, several other members of Six Gun among them Toby's assistant, Will Bailey, left Capital Comics in pursuit of their own freelance goals. Will started at Capital Comics as an intern, working for Donna Moss, and was hired by Toby not long after his internship. They became great friends, and Will was a member of Toby's wedding party. The two of them, and CJ and Donna, were all part of Six Gun. They'd been through some stuff together. Which is all to say that Will left his job at Capital Comics with friends in high places, as it were. And with that, perhaps a sense that his freelance efforts might have better footing. This makes a lot of sense. As much as it's a cliche, there's truth to the old, it's who you know adage. So, just to keep the scorecard clear, on the Six Gun crew, Toby and CJ stayed at Capital Comics, Will left to work freelance, and Donna found another job elsewhere, as did the last two members. Six Gun was done. Everyone got back to their respective work.
Will, now pursuing freelance work, had always wanted to write for Capital Comics. Like so many fans turned pro, he loved the characters and the universe and wanted to play in that sandbox. And he was now in arguably a prime position to do just that. His friend, Toby, edited the line of books for which he wanted to write. And his other friend, CJ, was the gatekeeper of any talent looking to work at Capital Comics. So Will did his part. He wrote pitches, tried out for projects he knew were in the pipeline, talked to his old friends about potential opportunities at Capital, but Will never got any of those jobs. No, in nearly every case, the jobs Will tried for, under the editorial stewardship of Toby, went to a writer CJ had found and brought into the fold, Roberto Mendoza. Now, it could be said that, hey, maybe Will wasn't very good, or not good enough, and that's why he was getting passed up for these gigs. And that might be true. And maybe Roberto was good enough, or at least better than Will, and that's why he was getting those jobs. Except for one thing. One thing that puts a wrinkle in everything. Roberto Mendoza was not a real person. Roberto didn't exist. Roberto wasn't born in the Philippines to an international businessman father. He didn't learn English from American comics, TV, and movies. He wasn't discovered by Capital Comics talent recruiter CJ. Roberto was invented by CJ. And the six-gun crew knew it. And Toby was knowingly hiring Roberto. And CJ was knowingly writing as Roberto. And Will saw himself losing jobs to a pseudonym that his friends were in on. Will still wanted to work for Capital, and thought that revealing this scam by his friends, his friends in high places, would torpedo any chance of that ever happening. So he said nothing. At least not publicly. He did, however, complain about this situation to his former co-worker and six-gun member, Donna. Donna had been at Capital for about seven years before leaving. Donna left, having reached the level of associate editor and having seen quite a bit during her time. Will had been her intern, and for all intents and purposes, she brought CJ into the fold, first as a writer, and then helping CJ get an editorial position. But Donna wasn't one to make waves, and she had left Capital Comics, so she also never said anything about the CJ, Toby, Roberto business. Again, at least not publicly. Privately, Donna talked about all of this with Josh Lyman. Josh worked at Capital Comics with Donna years before, but left before the Walken Bartlett years. Josh would visit Capital Comics pretty regularly to see his old co-workers, including his former boss, Leo McGarry. As Donna relayed all this stuff about Roberto and CJ and Will and Toby, Josh was shocked. He was shocked by the level of the lie, and he was shocked that no one, most especially Will, who was being directly affected by these shenanigans, had said anything about it to anyone. Josh wanted to say something, but he was asked not to because Will didn't want anything said, still dreaming of that shot to write for Capital Comics. But Josh put the offer on the table to Donna and Will when they were ready to blow the whistle. You might ask, what was Josh's stake in all this? If the people directly affected weren't willing to speak up, why was he? There are a few things, but primarily, one, he thought it was wrong, Two, 
he had nothing to lose. He wasn't working in mainstream comics anymore and wasn't looking to do work for Capital Comics. And three, it bothered him that his old boss, Leo, didn't know. Leo had been at Capital Comics for many, many years. Josh interned in his office and then was hired as his assistant. And Josh knew that Leo was never involved with Six Gun, didn't know about CJ and Toby and Roberto. He was in the dark. But Leo was becoming more and more friendly with CJ, and it bothered Josh that his old boss, a person from whom he learned so much, was so unaware. And Josh knew from his experience working with Leo that if Leo did know the truth, he wouldn't just sweep it under the rug. And eventually, Will had reached his breaking point and asked Donna to give Josh the go-ahead. Josh called Leo and told him about Roberto and CJ and Toby. He didn't name Donna or Will. He didn't get into the six-gun stuff. But he told him Roberto wasn't a real person, that it was CJ, and that Toby was hiring him. And Josh suggested to Leo to follow the money, to see where the checks went. If anything could tie Roberto and CJ to one another, that would be it. Either those checks went to a fake person, which might well be fraud, or went to a company called Roberto Mendoza, which could then possibly track back to CJ. And given that Roberto was overseas, that raised the question of how those payments were or weren't being taxed, etc. So maybe it was just a benign case of a secret pseudonym, or maybe it was something greater. Fraud, money laundering, tax evasion. Only one way to find out. Leo got off the phone and told his assistant, Deborah, what he had just heard from Josh. It was the end of the day, and the two of them went to the local comic shop after work, where they saw CJ. And Leo approached CJ and asked point blank, Is it true that you are Roberto Mendoza? CJ responded by asking, Who's spreading rumors about me? Leo didn't say he'd heard from Josh, just that he'd heard from somebody reliable. And while Leo left to go home, CJ wanted to know who had called. CJ took Deborah out for drinks, and after enough drinks, Deborah told CJ that it was Josh who had called Leo. Connecting the dots from Josh to Donna and Will didn't take much effort, and the next morning things were tense. Donna called Josh, asking, what did you say to Leo? It seems Toby had called Will, angrily asking him what Will had told Josh about Six Gun and CJ called Donna asking if she had told Josh about Roberto. Will told Toby he didn't tell Josh anything about Six-Gun. Donna honestly told CJ that yeah, she had told Josh about Roberto, but covered up by saying Josh was probably calling Leo just to confirm it, not to out him. The end result of all that? Nothing. Josh lit the fuse, but the bomb never went off. Except Josh knew that he was right and that Leo and CJ became chummier only made Josh want to prove it more. Where once he had no stakes, now he felt a responsibility to Leo. So Josh tried other things. He reached out anonymously to Bruno Ginelli, who covered comics rumors online. But Bruno's efforts to find proof failed when he reached out to Toby, who of course said he'd met Roberto in person. Despite Josh telling Bruno that Toby was part of it, it didn't matter. With actual witnesses not willing to come forward, and all of their online evidence being circumstantial, Josh sought out actual evidence. He couldn't follow the money, so he had to get creative. Roberto did a few jobs for Cavalry Comics, 
The editor of those comics was Annabeth Scott, who, as a non-capital employee or a member of Six Gun, wouldn't know Roberto wasn't real. Josh reached out, anonymously, to Annabeth to try and get an email address for Roberto. His plan was to use the IP addresses to link Roberto and CJ. A long shot, sure, but he heard back. Annabeth said, quote, You're either the second person I've heard from on this, or I'm hearing from you a second time. At this point, nothing would surprise me regarding this topic. Anyway, I don't know. Things with Roberto went badly by the time our miniseries was over, and I've been unable to reach him since. I imagine myself in a David Lynch movie, and that you, in fact, are Roberto Mendoza. I can tell you I never heard his voice, nor met him face to face. It was always email contact. I can't remember how exactly it started, except that he initiated it. If you figure anything out, let me know. End quote. Josh also reached out to a reporter who'd interviewed Roberto, but that reporter said they'd interviewed Roberto via an email provided by Capital, but couldn't remember who had provided it. With respect to interviews, in several of them, Roberto talked about having pitches in at District Comics for their vigilante line of books, but that all the people he had pitched to were no longer there. Based on this, Josh's last attempt was to reach out to Matt Santos, who he had known from his time at Capitol Comics. Matt worked in the Vigilante Hero office at District Comics, the very same office to which Roberto allegedly pitched material. Maybe there was a record of these pitches, an email, something. When Josh called, Matt had not only never heard from Roberto, until Josh's call, he'd never heard of Roberto. So that, too turned out to be another dead end. Time passed, and at a convention, Josh saw Leo and asked his old boss if he ever tracked the payments or did any actual digging, to which Leo simply said, it's not true. Josh asked how he could know that for sure, and Leo said, I spoke to Bartlett. And that was it. The editor-in-chief at Capital Comics vouched for a person that did not exist. Leo was still in the dark, there was nothing else Josh could do. People know. People were told directly by CJ that they were pulling this scheme and no one's ever said a word on the record. Since then... Will writes comics, some of which have won accolades and awards, but never got his big shot as a Capital Comics writer. Toby remains a high-level editor in the comics industry. Leo, still, to this day, doesn't know he was lied to and has been lied to for so many years. TJ remained with Capital and achieved great success and reputation in the comics industry. It's rumored CJ has a direct line to Capital Comics' owner and has relayed to him information about freelancers learned socially or in private conversations, information allegedly used to Capital's benefit in contract negotiations. And Roberto Mendoza? Roberto Mendoza has never been heard from again. In fact, articles about and mentions of him online have all but vanished. Most folks don't even remember he existed, or didn't exist, if we're to be truthful. And there's that. I hope you found that story as interesting a story as I've thought it to be. 
If you're like me, you were probably trying to figure out who was who as you listened. Who was Roberto Mendoza? Which company was Capital and which was District? And some of you might be right and others of you might be way off. Uh, There is a chance you listening were somebody in that story and recognized yourself as Donna or Josh or CJ or any of the other uh, folks mentioned. I'm not really sure what else to say about it, so I'm going to let the story be just that, a story, which, despite my gimmicks in the telling, really happened. Something else that really happened is I spent hours, probably too many, putting that story together. Several rewrites, many repeated takes. At one point after it was all done, I had a friend listen to it, and that friend suggested some name changes. So additional hours were spent going through the episode and making those changes to the audio. So consider, if you will, a donation to Stuff Said. It is a free show that I produce for zero pay. So if you enjoyed it, this episode or others, and want to say thanks with a donation at StuffSaidShow.com, where all past episodes of this show live, also available for free, I will take it and thank you in advance. If not that... Consider buying one or both of my books, which again you can preview at pixcomic.com. The Stuff Said theme song was composed and performed by Craig Chin, who you can find at rudeanagrams.com. For more about me, visit hatterentertainment.com, H-A-T-T-E-R entertainment.com. That's about all the stuff I have left to say. I'll see you next time. <laughs>